You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. basketball drops a pair of games we are here to talk about them on this week's edition of mizzou that's who here on kc sports network your your source your home for missouri athletics here on kc sports network uh gabe maybe talk about the games might be a little loose for what we're going to do on this podcast uh how are you doing good um let's talk about it real quick whatever we said about the previous three or four games say that about the two that we played this <laughs> week every game is the same um, they kind of hang around. They're competitive. They don't win though. Um, and then, you know, the game's over and then they do that one again, you know, like three days later. We're in Groundhog. I'm good though. That's what it is. Yeah. Maggie, how are you doing? Different loca- locale for the people yeah. watching on, uh, on YouTube. There's been some ice going on in, well, in Kansas City as well. And, Columbia and St. Louis, all across the state of Missouri, having some pretty severe uh, winter weather. How are things across the state? Yeah, I'm over in Columbia, Illinois right now. So you just kind of never know. I feel like uh, I'm going to have like a different, I might have a different podcast background all the time. So you just kind of never know where I'm going to be. But you should get like the virtual one and it looks like you're on the beach. Yeah, the beach or like the Eiffel Tower, the Great Wall of China. You just kind of, you kind of never know. But, you know, I am always watching Mizzou basketball, so. But like Gabe said, it's just the same story every time. Now, on Saturday, though, it kind of sucked because it was right in the middle of the divisional game. So I was like back and forth, clicking back and forth. I was like, dang it, I have to watch this game. I have to watch this, I guess, by the end of it, beat down. But I do always say this. I think I said this on last week's podcast. The schedule makers, whoever make as. I- <laughs> They, they seem to schedule Missouri basketball games at the worst possible times. Because even when um, they're in their non-con schedule, like the Seton Hall game, I think was right after a Chiefs game was done in Kansas City. I don't think that was originally supposed to be there. I think the Chiefs were supposed to be. Chiefs were supposed uh, to be Monday night. That's right. Uh, but like there were some things that just like didn't just work out very well. In terms I mean, of it, it also doesn't help that the NFL now plays like six days a week. Yeah. Unless you're going to play on Wednesday at noon, you know. But my my issue is this team has a lot of night games, man. Like 7 o'clock Saturday night against Florida, 8 o'clock tomorrow night against Texas a and The Arkansas game's at 7. Let's go go 1230. Um, that, that seems like a better time. 9, 9 a.m. maybe? Um, we, could, we could do that. I think once you get below a certain record, like you should not be allowed to play after sundown. Like if you're under 500 overall, you cannot play after sunset. Is that fair? I did. I texted somebody yesterday, and this is before we get into the basketball conversation. And by the end of the Chiefs game, it was 8:30, and I was like, "Man, this is awesome!" I was like, "Game started at 5:30, game is over by 8:30." I was like, "Oh my!" And I worked from home today, obviously, because the ice was so bad. But I was like, "I'm gonna get to bed at a great time." I don't know. It was just amazing. I loved it. 5.30 was a weird kickoff time. Uh, when they announced like the 5.30 kickoff, I was like, I can't remember the last time the NFL did a 5.30 kickoff. 
because they, they always do, do that though on the the last two weekends of the playoffs. It's always like two and five thirty for the the conference championship. But it was so great. I loved it. No, it was good. The, usually, old, like, the, the elder in me, I'm loving it. That, that seven fifteen kickoff though. Some of those Sunday night football games where I'd have to wait around all day. And then we we do the post game show obviously for the Chiefs. So then we're not starting the post game show, which usually goes you know depending on the game at least an hour after the show. And then you got to pack everything up. So I'm there two hours before the game starts to get everything set up, so I don't have to do anything during the game, so I can watch the game. And then I'm there two and a half hours after the game. So then it starts. You're looking at like 1 a.m. before I get out of there. And it was nice to get home before midnight last night. Uh, with, this should just be the podcast where we bitch about and the problems <laughs> of covering sports. Well, look, we're about to bitch about basketball, so I mean, <laughs> I've found out over twenty years, people are very receptive to that. Like when I would, oh yeah, say you know at like two thirty in the morning, I was leaving the Perot Field press box. Everybody was very sympathetic. Felt very bad for me. I'd, I've noticed all along the way. <laughs> and you're hitting three different like age levels with us too. I mean, we're like not that far apart in age, but you're hitting like you know three different age demographic so we all like in different things but we all love the 530 stars i kick up if i learned anything they need to kick games off at 530 what, what they learned um but gabe i think you do make a really good point about uh playing at night maybe that's mizzou basketball's problem uh maybe they just uh it's maybe the games are too late it, it's too dark they can't see the basket it's, it's too late maybe they need they need it to start a little bit earlier because they're up too late yeah like, look, Nick Honor, Sean East, Noah Carter, these guys are, I mean, they're 35, 36 years old. They might be getting maybe by the time the games are over. Uh, no, I mean, they've been around a while. But no, um, I I don't know what the issue is. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, and the thing is, you know, I'm getting the hyperbole of this is Kim Anderson bad, and it is not. Just look up Ken Palm rankings. Look up net rankings. It's not. I mean, the record is bad, and everybody's convinced they're not going to win another game. I would be willing to bet a good amount of money they will win another game. Um, they will, you know, because they've been, and again, this goes back to good teams win, bad teams talk about how they almost won. So I'm not trying to convince anybody they are anything but a bad team, because they are. But, like, you know, the the Jackson State thing, South Carolina, you don't trail all second half, you lose in overtime. Georgia, you know, you're in a two-point game with four minutes left and basically don't score. You just, you're talking about basically three plays. And if you change three plays out of however many plays are in a basketball season, then you're talking about a team that's 11 and 7. And it's not great. Nobody's excited about it. But we're not having conversations you're not getting the overreaction of people that say, well, I was wrong. Dennis Gates has no idea what he's doing. These players are all terrible. And we're going back to the dark ages of Kimmy Anderson and all that. So, you know, it, it's not fun, but it's maybe not quite as bad. I mean, we seem to be getting close to maybe having some fights in games, and, and I'm a fan of that. Um, I was actually disappointed. I watched the entire Alabama game and didn't get to see a fight. In. Which maybe we should talk about that a little bit because it happened i mean because our podcast was on monday and the alabama game was on tuesday and i think it's an interesting topic so obviously for those that are listening uh you're probably a basketball fans so because <laughs> why else would you be listening to this podcast at this point if you're not uh nato uh there was a foul on on an alabama player i don't even know who it was and it doesn't even really matter um 
it was a Fountain and Alabama fan against um, Anthony Robinson, I think. And Nate Oates shoved Aiden Shaw. For some reason, people for Alabama fans were saying like he was in the huddle. It was he wasn't in the huddle. It was very he was in the area. He was close. He was close to Alabama's bench, but there was no huddle. It was in the middle of the it was in the middle of a game. It was right after it was right after a foul. And Aiden Shaw kind of stepped over towards the bench because there was some like jawing or whatever you want to call it going on. Aiden Shaw stepped in there as any player because it was Anthony Robinson was standing there by himself. And, you know, his older brother kind of type, whatever. And uh, Nate Oates stepped in there pretty quickly and pushed Aiden Shaw. What's if, everybody's opinion on it? I mean, I, if an, I don't think you ever touch anybody's player, ever. If an Alabama player had done that, I would actually have no issue with it at all. Because right. it was by the Alabama bench. Like, you know, I, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't like invading the huddle, but he was over there and he was jawing. And if an Alabama player wants to step up and say, hey, get out of here, no issue. No problem at all. The coach can't do that. Um, and and I thought what was worse than the the tap, push, shove, call it whatever you want, was he kind of went after him afterwards. You know, he was clearly talking and pointing yeah. and um I mean, as I as I wrote this morning, that is um, that is not the worst way in which Nate Oates has handled an issue in the last twelve months. So he doesn't really get the benefit of the doubt for me from being a mature guy that does everything <laughs> the right way. Um, I thought a friend of mine brought up a good point. He said because there were two refs right there. He said, "Yeah, maybe the refs were so stunned that Nate Oates did that that they just kind of froze and." It, but how you don't call anything on that? I mean, is like, what if Aiden Shaw does that to Nate Oates? Right. He's that's a technical, right? It's an ejection. I would. I bet Aiden Shaw gets ejected. I guarantee he gets ejected because I then I bet Nate Oates reacts to that too. I bet he throws his hands up and he's like, "You can't," you know what I mean? Like, and then he complains then to Sankey and. That's the thing to me is Sankey, the way that then Sankey reacts in a letter, in a a public deck, a, what a pu- public, I don't even remember what the word, reprimand, a public reprimand. He's been, he was more reprimanded by the people of Twitter than he was by Greg Sankey. You know, it always just made me think like NATO should have tweeted that George Costanza, had anybody told me not to do that, then I would, I mean, should I not have done that? You know, um, I, I was unclear. I, I like credit Aiden Shaw for not doing it, but I'm not going to lie. I wanted him to 100% go at NATO. Like I wanted him to charge NATO. I wanted to see that. That would have been cool. Do you think that Dennis should have done something? That was kind of my thing. It is my understanding that from the Missouri bench, they did not know that NATO had made contact with it. Now, I asked Dennis that after the game, and he just didn't answer. And I'm, I mean, Tucker, you've been in these press conferences. You know, sometimes you're like, "Hey, coach, here's a lifeline. I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss you this. I'm yep. setting you up. Yep. I know you didn't see this. Do you want to say you didn't see it?" 
And he didn't say he didn't see it. And so I understand Missouri fans going, what's he doing? You know, um, because they don't have that information. And if Dennis isn't going to say it, you can't say it for him. I, I, It was my understanding they didn't actually know that contact had been made at that time, which would explain a little bit. Um, and, but look, I, I want to see the thing that eventually does get Dennis Gates like, you know, it, it, I mean, you guys remember the the Frank Hate Mike Anderson thing at Mizzou Arena, right? Oh yeah, the greatest moment in Mizzou Arena history, as I like to call it. Uh, like I want to see the thing that makes Dennis Gates do that. Other than you know Tabar Bates talking trash to the Alabama bench, which so uh, which got Dennis going a little bit. Yeah, just just show like a, a shred of emotion, maybe sometimes that would be pretty sick. Uh, I will. I I was looking up a. Uh, Gates' quote after uh, the game, because as you mentioned in the press conference, you asked him, you know, like, hey, about that. He did say Nate apologized after the game, but I posed the question, if that was players in a huddle with a hand on an opponent, what would take place? It would be an automatic technical foul, right? I thought I saw two referees in the huddle. It wasn't a technical foul, but that's the question I would pose. If it was players making hand contact, what would take place? Obviously, something we, we had brought up, and then it, Maggie, you mentioned the... Uh, the uh, literary hand slap that uh, Greg Sankey issued after the uh, after the game uh, to Nate Oates, which I, I, it's a weird it is a weird situation. There's no like direct bylaw about it either. I think in the SEC bylaws of like, hey, opposing coaches don't do, push do other players. Do we need a bylaw? But, don't put your hands on the other players, right? Uh, and I even think it would be kind of weird if even if I saw like Dennis Gates do that to to Aiden Shaw, I'd be like, oh, that was a little aggressive. Um, you know, if, if I saw something like that from the same coach to the same player, I don't know. It, it was a very weird situation that like didn't feel right. That's the thing is like, it just didn't feel like it should be allowed. Also, you said, you know, Dennis said Nate Oates apologized after the game. I believe he apologized to Dennis and Aiden. Whatever he said in the press conference was not an apology. I mean, Correct. he, he went, true. he called it an unfortunate incident. no. Unfortunately, it like those are accidents. You wrong place, wrong time, game. Run into another card. That is an accident and an unfortunate incident. If you get hammered and drive your car down the street and run over a mailbox, that's not an unfortunate incident. That's you being an idiot. But yeah, the wrong place, wrong time jokes are going to write themselves forever, by the way. 100%. Um, what he's, I have his quote here. I have all the respect in the world for the job Gates has done as an assistant and a head coach. No disrespect to him or his program. Uh, correct. I apologize to both Gates and Aiden Shaw. Aiden seemed like a great kid. It's an unfortunate situation, but I apologize to both of them. It's, it's unfortunate that I pushed him. Oh, yes. All you doing, all you, all you do in those situations is set kids up to be called things that they shouldn't be called and like the things i mean obviously twitter's gonna twitter and things like that but it, it wasn't fair the things that i saw like aiden being called and things like that and that's all nato did in that situation putting himself in that situation and you just should never do it just it, it, it wasn't just don't like do, don't do that right it wasn't like a violent shove or anything like that right but he's a coach and that he doesn't get to do that um, yeah. but you know, the only, the only coach that 
I mean, like if Jerry Stackhouse does that, all right, if I'm a player, I'm like, I'm out. I'm, I'm go back to my bench coach. You you win. Other than that, I don't really think there are SEC coaches that, that are going to intimidate college basketball players, right? Bruce Pearl scares me a little bit. I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, he's Bruce is, Bruce is he might be a little bit of a teddy bear, but I don't think maybe he rides with my dad a little bit, who's like more like a teddy bear, but they're still like coaches. So I feel like on the court, they're intimidating. I, uh, I want to give a hat tip to Jeff Bor- Borzello, who I'm reading the CSPN article from, because I think it's funny. He ha- he put a sentence in here. There were no further incidents in Alabama's win after Oates jogged toward the half-quarter line for the final buzzer of Gates' handshake. And I think that's funny just to add that in there. Uh, yeah, there no further Nate, incidents. Nate wasted no time getting to midcourt after that game. He was, sure, he, he was hurrying up to, uh, to do that handshake. But also, like, I think it is fair. The, I've seen a lot of, well, maybe if the basketball team won any games, you would be talking about the basketball or not the almost <laughs> fights with coaches. I mean, but that's also a fair criticism. Yeah, we might see there. It is fair. But news is news, okay? Yes. But, and oh, look, this is way more interesting to talk about than, I don't know, what they lose by 18 or something in that game. 93. Yeah. Yes. Good job. What a poll. What a poll from the dome right there. Uh, yeah, way better than to talk about a, uh, whatever that game was. This game mentioned it, you know, it's Groundhog Day. We keep watching the same game over and over, and we'll talk about a game that happened again, you know, in, in, in the Florida game. But first, got to take a break, got to pay some bills, got to thank the folks at Home Field Apparel. I'm rocking the Gold Mizzou Raw shirt, uh, one of my favorite ones to wear from the Home Field Collection. You can go check them out. Over 150 schools. I think they just added... Gosh, I can't remember. Nevada. Nevada, yes. They've got a really cool surfing uh, wolf pack shirt. Like, that is a wild shirt. Uh, go check that out if you want to support another school. Or if you have a friend who's a Nevada wolf pack friend, uh, go ch- go well, get him get a shirt. And you can use code KCSN15, 15% off your first order. Go check them out there. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about uh, Missouri basketball versus Florida and what they've got coming up next. So stick to We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet just five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Looking at the Chiefs Ravens line right now. Chiefs are dogs, three and a half points going on the road and get plus money as well. So you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and get code and use code KCSN to get in on that action. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bits expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's get into uh, Missouri versus Florida. Bates scored 36 points in this game. Not enough to uh, supplant the Florida Gators as they played uh, in some pretty sick uniforms. Maggie, let's talk about this without Gabe because I know Gabe doesn't care about this. Those are pretty sick. Um, Yeah. Florida, they're an interesting team. They're not also very good either. They're just long, way longer than we are. I mean, they're athletic, they're way more athletic than we are. They it we were talking about this in one of my group chats. We just have guys that kept driving to the lane and they get surprised every time they get blocked. Like every single time <laughs> by these dudes that are just like all six ten. I don't, I don't know, Nick Honor, like, it's surprised every time he he, get, he got blocked. I don't know. I, I, Tamar couldn't do wrong in this game, and for some reason, other people just kept shooting. I'm like, just keep giving the ball to Tamar. He, at one point, Tamar, like, threw up a three-pointer. It was the only three-pointer he actually made in the, in the entire game. But he, like, threw it up, and it was a terrible shot. It, it went in the basket. And he even like laughed or like shrugged the fact that he even made the shot. And I was like, why is anybody else even shooting the ball at this point? Like there nobody else should even be shooting the ball in this game. Just give the ball to Tamar because he's the only one that's making anything. And everybody else is getting the ball stolen or getting it blocked or just missing wide open shots. It was just a ter- it, honestly it was really hard to watch the entire game. I that's why I was that was why I was holding back and forth the whole time. Tucker, I will I will give you though watching on mute. Like if they're going to wear uniforms, those are far better than any other. Uniforms. Okay. 
Oh yeah, they're, they were they're yeah they're those are the you know Doug Smith, Lee Howard, Melvin Booker uniforms, and um, probably be cooler if they had Doug Smith, Lee Howard, and Melvin Booker <laughs> playing in them. Um, yeah, not not today. Um, I mean, I've I've That's seen I haven't seen Coward lately. I've seen Melvin and Doug lately, and like no offense, but they're older than me. They just I don't know that they could go out there and and operate effectively for 40 minutes in a college basketball game today. Um, they might have yeah, some no, depth, though. They were good outfits. Do you think they'll, they'll re- do you think we're just going to wear them like once a year? Or can they replace the really bad yellow ones that oh, we keep wearing so in the bragging rights game? I hate them. I assume they can't permanently replace them. I don't, I, I don't um, know what the rules are, if there are any rules or not. I think those yellow ones are like bad luck or something. They look bad. Well, I mean, what what uniforms have not been bad luck here? I mean, maybe we get I mean, rid of all. Where, where are the good we, luck uniforms? Maybe we get rid of all of them, Gabe. I know you don't like talking about uniforms, but maybe we get rid of all. Let's bring back the gray ones from like. Blue. Let's bring back the ones from like two thousand eight and nine, and see if it helps. The old gold ones. Um. Those were hideous looking, but that, that was not even gold. It was like greenish. To, they, they were terrible. Okay, let's bring back the ones we wore when, like, Alex Oriaki. Those were legit. I've heard the that. tiger stripes on the back. Those yeah. were good. And we were- uh, I, about, like, the throwback, like, Missouri font on the front. They did the white ones last year. I personally like the gold ones better. I think the gold ones look cooler than the white ones. But I do agree with you, Maggie. They should just like flip out the whole set. Like they should wear the white ones and the these gold ones, and then I guess you'll have to make a black one uh, to make it all cohesive and make it look a little bit uh, cooler. Because you know what's better? Like you gotta you gotta switch some of the momentum. You gotta switch some of the juju. So flip so so can, flip it up. Switch it up. As long as long as we're on uniforms, can we talk about my? This is my crusade. I think that all. Uh, Coaches in all sports should have to wear the uniform the way baseball managers do. Yes. Like, I want basketball coaches in the actual uniform coaching the game. I want you imagine there in the throwback or like he can wear a t shirt, he can wear whatever he wants under it, but he has to wear like an actual jersey and pick a number and just like the baseball coaches do, you know, or like I want to see Eli Drinkwitz in the jersey and football pants during. Yeah, but could you, like imagine like, uh, r- like wrestling coaches like wearing or like swim coaches awesome. like the swim team coaches wearing like speedos like on the side. support support all of it. Yeah, that would that would be fantastic. Oh, I want to see all of those sets. I think the best one is the football coach if he's just like fully padded up wearing the helmet and everything. Just like look over and he like drink was ready to take a snap at any moment. Uh, that would be that would be a great one. Uh, but no, I agree. I think that they should do that. And I think it's funny that baseball is the only sport that does that. And I know it was right. because of like back in the day, like some managers like actually had to play. Like that's just right. how it was. And then as could you have seen though, like late stage Bill Snyder on the sidelines, one of <laughs> the purple uniform, the power cat helmet would have been when- incredible. Like I, I would have watched seen- every K-State game just for the cutaways. I feel like he was late stage from like... 1970 early <laughs> I don't remember anything but late early stage. <laughs> or like 1997 Norm Stewart over there just a Missouri uniform what about 
It would be funny too, like if they if they aired them right. Like this is what I used to wear when I played. So they were like era based of like. <laughs> so Norm had to wear like the 1954 Missouri jersey, right? Right. So he had to wear those. Um, I'm looking at Alex Oriaki is not a name that I had thought of in years, but now I can't stop looking at his uh, just Google images. Those uniforms. It seems like every time Mizzou tries to do a gold uniform, it just like doesn't turn out very well. I don't know if it's like when you mix the sweat with like the yellow that they use, it turns into a really weird color. Uh, but it, like they've, I don't know if they've successfully done. Uh, probably outside of the one I just did, uh, a yellow jersey, like a full-on yellow very well. Yeah, probably not. But the back of those jerseys are legit. Do you no, see them with the, with the tiger yeah. stripes on them? Like, those are, like, my favorite ones. But the black and the white, you're probably right about the calls. It probably, yeah. It probably is just something that when it gets wet, it looks weird. Um, but, yeah, that's Alex uniform. Alex Oriaki also would be a good addition to this team. You know, I think basically for- anybody right now that has played on in the Mizzou in the past. I mean, there might be some walkers. Junior, come on down. <laughs> Doing all right in the NBA. Jarrett, Jarrett Sutton, if you're listening. <laughs> Look, Jarrett, let me check my text. They're going to be having a show here come out. So if you really want the actual X's and O's of this basketball, if you're like, wow, these guys don't talk a lot about basketball, I've got a show for you on this piece. <laughs> I mean, with Jarrett Sutton. If, if you really want the X's and O's of this basketball season, frankly, we need to talk. <laughs> like, why is what I want to know. I got a box score for you. It's called the ESPN <laughs> Score Center app. Personally, I would much rather talk about why the why Dennis Gates doesn't wear a uniform than the X's and O's. That's just me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm misreading the uh, room here. Sometimes, you know, like when, and I, I say this a lot in football, when number I say a box score can't tell you the whole story, and I feel like there's like box score warriors. I feel like you can kind of look at the box score of these basketball games, and it tells you the full story of what kind of happened. They'll tell you that the game was really, really close until about nine minutes, and then we stopped making a bunch of baskets, and they started making a lot of baskets. Yeah, looking Not at the play-by-play much. is very telling because you can it's, always find like a you're like, yeah. hey, there's a Missouri basket. I don't don't see it. There's a lot of things happening here. Yeah. That's, I, I I took some, I was trying to see where, um, where it had the, oh, I also saw in the the Florida game, we had four offensive rebounds. Florida, I think had more. Yeah. Just a couple. (laughs) Just, they just had a few more than that. But, but yeah, it was a six-point game with eight minutes and 30 seconds left, and we lost um, by 13. So, yeah, it's just the same thing. Like you said, if you look by the play-by-play, that happened in almost every game except the South Carolina game where we know that we lost. We were winning the entire game except overtime. But Tamar Bates, I mean, he scored like scored something like 54% of their points or 56. I don't know. I had the number exactly on Saturday. Um, I would, I, I, I wasn't going to go back through like box scores and stuff to figure out if that, because I'm not going to spend a lot of time on a 13 point loss to Florida um, that made him eight and 10 on the season. But I would imagine that maybe there's never been a Missouri player that scored a higher percentage of points since I, I mean, Okay, one guy scored eight points in the 11-6 win over Iowa pre-flight in 1907, right? But that, that we're not counting that. 
53 is the total 53 percent 53.73 yeah because i mean i know like viewer scored 44 you know thomas gardner had a, a 43 point game but i would be willing to bet that missouri scored you know more than okay. 85 or 86 in those games because there were other guys who were actually making shots whereas there were really not other guys making shots in this game well and that's the thing if if guys like Sean East and and you know Noah who has been kind of up and down this season but before the Alabama game was scoring 13 to I don't know 23 points a game for seven or so games in a row if those guys are scoring the amount of points that they've been scoring all season we win these games because Tamar's kind of coming into his own it's been kind of cool watching how he's developed through the season if they do what they have been doing these are wins for Mizzou so it's kind of crazy to see them not all come together at the same time the way you kind of see other teams do because like every player that started for Florida scored in double figures and you see this kind of um, pattern happen with other teams where you have at least three or four players scoring in double figures or having double 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 doubles or something but you don't see that happen for Mizzou maybe you'll see like two players have double figures or something but like on the game like the other day where it was only Tamar or, or a lot of games you'll see just Sean East like kind of show out. I don't know why it's kind of you can't get multiple players like really rolling on the same night. Said, I don't know either. Great. Um, <laughs> but Tamar basically is 36 points where the most in a regulation game and the most against a conference opponent since 2006. And Thomas Gardner scored forty against Kansas, uh, so it's been a minute. That was a fun night since they uh, since they had a guy score as many points as they did. But Maggie, as you were mentioning, looking at this box score, Tamar Bates thirty six points, next highest score for Mizzou. Nick Honor with ten. So like they had two guys in double double figures. Uh, that's not usually going to get it done. Uh, and we had seven. We had seven points on the bench. I, I believe seven points from the bench. Yep. And I know, I know, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, we need more minutes from the freshmen, but I feel like in the Alabama game and the Florida game, we got more minutes from the freshmen. I was looking at, um, at one point, I believe, was it Jordan, um, Jordan Butler played six minutes and then that six minutes, he had zero points, but in three personal fouls and like, yeah, I mean, I know we're like, just trying to kind of add depth a little bit. I understand to... people wanted to see more of him, though, because, like, I do too. he's not a part of the future. Like, he, he no. can't be. Yeah. Jesus Carolero, even if he's back, not really, like, a, a part of the future, you know? Um, so I understand people want to see more of him. I don't know that it would make them any better, but it's not going to make them... I mean, what are they going to do, lose? Well, that's what yeah. they, they've lost, what, I think, eight out of nine now, you yeah. know, so... I want to see more of the freshmen too. I just don't know how much more time you can take away, like add them in because I would say you can give more time to Trent Pierce, but I don't know how much more time you can give to the other two that you're not giving them now. Like, cause I feel like they've added more well, time in. I can tell you how many you can give Jordan Butler. 
add up how many Connor Vanover played with how many more Majok played, and that's how many more you can get George played. Actually, Whatever that number I actually don't know how many minutes Connor Vanover played in that game. I'm going to get that pull. I don't think guess it's between 18 and 20 between the. Two. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I can pull it up real quick though. In Alabama, the Alabama game, Vanover played nine minutes. Florida, and Florida, he played in the first half. Um, and in the Alabama, or I'm sorry, in the, in the Florida game, Vanover played twelve minutes, and Majak played one. There you go. So there's thirteen minutes. Okay, <laughs> okay. Then you can put them in those. <laughs> there it is. But uh, I mean, ultimately, it, it, this is this is just about getting the next year. I mean, yeah. yeah, not for them, but for the. We're gonna we're gonna have to have like pre-show meetings to figure out what we're gonna talk about on future podcasts. Because spending thirty-five minutes talking about Missouri basketball is uh, not gonna work. Not good for anybody, guys. No, uh, they got two games coming up uh, tomorrow on Tuesday or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I forget that you can listen to these podcasts five years from now, and <laughs> it will end. <laughs> that seems like it would be awful to go back and listen to this one and find <laughs> this one specifically one. five years from now. They played Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Um, Texas A&M, not particularly good. They're towards the bottom. It looks like that they are just two places ahead of Missouri in the SEC standings, and that yeah, they also they were predicted to be good. They have the preseason player, the conference player of the year. Yes, and they just beat Kentucky. Yeah, so they got things going their way. That's <laughs> what so you're telling. They've got some stuff going their way. And uh, then they go to South Carolina on Saturday. That Gabe, you get your wish. Noon, noon tip off. Um, against uh, the Gamecocks, and that is their week. Uh, real quick before we end the show, do they get a win this weekend? I thought they were going to be Florida before the game. Um, sure, why not? They go be they go win in South Carolina. I don't really know why, but sure. What? Maggie? I mean, I think South Carolina is due for a loss. I mean... F- Fifteen and three is. I'm not saying that South Carolina is bad, but I don't think that they're fifteen and three good. Because Mizzou's not good, and they led them for that entire game. I think South Carolina's due for a bad day. So maybe, maybe we'll give it to them. Look at noon game. We get to we get to test our strategy of maybe they just need to play a little earlier. They play a little earlier and they a little beat. natural light on things. Yeah. Get some natural light. Maybe, uh, maybe it will be when... one o'clock their time, by the way. That's true. Uh, but I only use things in God's time zone, the central time <laughs> zone is the only time zone I go off of. But, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of, uh, Mizzou That's Who. We'll be back next week, uh, to chat, to talk about more Mizzou athletics. Look, wrestling's doing well. Uh, Gymnastics doing really well. There's other sports doing good things at Missouri Athletics, and hopefully, fingers crossed next time, we've been saying this for the last two weeks, fingers crossed that uh, we have a defensive coordinator that we can talk about, or football does something that we can talk about there. Right. Um, I don't even, I said a high school kid, I'll talk 15 minutes on it. I don't care at this point. Uh, <laughs> but we got to get through it. We appreciate you guys hanging through 
uh, with us. Uh, make sure to be a friend. Tell a friend, as Pat McAfee says, about the Mizzou That's Who podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review. Like and subscribe. All that good stuff. It really helps us out. So for uh, Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson, I'm Tucker Franklin. We will catch you guys next week. See ya.